He went out to lunch with him afterwards, and this was the part I forgot to tell all of you, and he said, you know, we visit a lot of churches, and there's a lot of times that we come in, and it's like, we leave, and it's like, okay, well, that was a thing, you know, like, it just really didn't, maybe it didn't feel genuine, or people weren't connected, or spirit wasn't really there, what, but just, he says, always, sometimes it's off. He's like, we were so encouraged this morning, just to feel the presence of the Lord in worship, to feel the genuine reality of people's hearts toward the Lord and toward one another. He said, it was so special to be at church this morning. What a great community to be in. And I, I just felt you needed to hear that. Somebody from the outside was in the midst of us, midst of this church family, and felt encouraged in that way. And that just made me so proud to be part of this church. And so I just wanted to encourage you within that. Um, you saw the video with Pastor Josiah right there. And Shout out to Riley and Co. and our uh, actors who are in that little part right there. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that that was happening. It was such a genuine in-the-moment thing, right? Uh, so that was, that was good. Well done, everyone. Uh, but at the end, uh, Josiah made the comment. He said, he talked about the 21 days of prayer and fasting that is coming up in January. Um, and for some of you, um, you've been around here, you've uh, been part of New Life for a while, and so you know the 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming up. Others, we've had so many new people that have been coming into the church this, just this last year, which is super exciting and awesome. Again, just seeing how God is moving and growing our family in this place. And so this idea of 21 days of prayer and fasting is probably something brand new. It may, maybe you did it in previous churches, but we haven't talked about it because it's we haven't done it since last January. And so for him to say, you heard it at the end there, he said, start preparing yourself to ask yourself, what type of fast do you want to do in January, starting on the 7th? And you might be thinking, I don't even know what that is, what's happening or what's going on, 21 days without eating anything? Are you all sadistic and crazy? What is going on? What did I sign up for in this place? Well, the leadership team, we talked a couple weeks ago, and we felt like it was really important to have a Sunday where we really leaned in and talked about this idea of fasting so that you would be able to be prepared for this, so that you would know what's happening, know what to expect, and for it to be a really purposeful, meaningful time. Hence, we're going to talk about that today. Rather than you coming in on January 7th, after maybe traveling a little bit, New Year's, everything like that, and then find out that day that we're fasting for 21 days. So we're going to give you the heads up, and we're going to talk about it today. My goal is that today's message will help you to answer the question that Josiah said. Start preparing yourself to ask yourself, what type of fast do I want to do in January, starting on the 7th? And the seventh is going to come quickly, and so we want to talk about this. So every year, New Life takes 21 days in January to come together as a church to seek the Lord and dedicate the year to him. It's a really special, special time for our community. And there are tons of churches that do this throughout the city, throughout the country and world. This is something that we've done, and we've done, like Josiah said, for the longest time. As the name suggests, there's two parts to that, praying and fasting. Prayer is you and I get to communicate to God. We get to talk to God. We often see celebrities at different functions, red carpet type things, behind the ropes, waving at their fans. But none of those people, no one of the, none of the common people can come close to them. The celebrities rarely talk to them unless it's for the quick autograph or selfie, but they stay in the middle. The common people to the sides don't cross the rope and come near. The creator of the universe doesn't set up any ropes between you and him. 
We can come to him freely. We can come to him for more than just a quick autograph. We can come with everything that we're going through, everything that we're dealing with, everything in our lives. We can come to him and talk with him. It says in James 4.8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In Hebrews, it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can draw near to God. There's no distance between him and I. We can bring our lives, the ups and downs, the joys, the challenges, the mundane, the abnormal. Every minute we can bring to him and he wants us to to. We can be with him. We can share with him. We can talk with him. We can cry with him. We can be angry with him. We can celebrate with him. We get to talk to God all the time. But we take 21 days of just special focus time of that to remind us that we can always be talking to God in this way. And so prayer is a very special aspect of what we do. But then what is fasting? And that's the main thing we want to cover today. What is fasting? Before we talk about that, let's pray and ask that God would teach us from his word. And so God, we do thank you and we praise you that you're the foundation that we stand on, that you are worthy of our worship. God, we're thankful for what, again, for what you're doing in this community. I thank you so much, God, for just an amazing women's event last night. And I pray that they were encouraged uh, to the depth of who they are, the fact that you love them and you care for them and who they are. I pray that it was an amazing time that the fruit is just going to continue to bear forth. God, we thank you for what you're doing in different groups within our church and uh, the different people and the families and everything that's happening. And you know those things, even as we prayed for many of them this morning, that we continue to bring those to you, God, just asking you to work. And as we look ahead to the weeks and the months and the year to come, we think look ahead to this 21 days of prayer and fasting. God, I pray that you would direct our hearts this morning and show us what it means to come to you and plead with you. We thank you, God, that you want us to. And again, you speak to us from your word. In your name we pray, amen. And so what is fasting? Again, we want to get everyone ready for what's coming. And if you're new with us, this is a little bit different. We're kind of stepping away from the kind of maybe normal rhythms to talk about something that's really important that's coming up. Next Sunday, we're going to be starting a series on Advent. And we're really excited about this, obviously this season. But again, we didn't want you to be caught off guard for what's coming in January. So we're going to talk, what is, we're going to talk about this idea of fasting. To talk about what fasting is, let's first talk about what it's not. What is fasting not at all? And we want to clarify that reality. First off, fasting is not merely a diet. Now, intermediate fasting is a big thing today that people do, and it's probably a great thing for those who do it, which again, even me describing it that way, you can tell that I don't. But when we talk about fasting, though, I don't know why you're laughing at that. That's not funny. Um, (laughs) When we talk about fasting, though, this is a spiritual discipline. There's a spiritual component to this as far as who we are with the Lord. This is not about dieting. The same word is used today, but that's not what we're talking about. So this isn't. Fasting is a spiritual discipline for spiritual purposes in our relationship with God. Second thing fasting is not. It's not a form of punishment. It is indeed challenging. This is not easy. We're just going to be honest about that. But like I was joking earlier, this isn't a weirdly sadistic act just to beat ourselves up. I deserve this. That's not the idea of fasting. And let me clarify right now at the beginning, this is really, really important 
21 days of prayer and fasting, we are not expecting you to literally not eat anything for 21 days, all right? So so let's get that distraction out of the way right now. We're going to talk about what it looks like, but that's very important. We're not trying to sadistically punish ourselves. That's not what fasting is is for. There are different types of fasting, and again, we're going to talk about those in a moment, whether it's with juices or primarily vegetables and different things like that, but we're not expecting you to starve yourself for 21 days. Third, it's not a form of penance to impress or manipulate God. Fasting is not a form of penance by which we're trying to impress God, because regardless of what the thing is, nothing that we're going to do is going to impress God. We do things to worship him, to honor him, to love him, but not to impress him. We don't have to earn anything from God. And so the other side is not, a, the not punishment thing is not trying to impress him. We're not trying to gain his favor, gain forgiveness, or gain love. Fasting is not like this spiritual punch card where if you do it enough days and you do it with enough intensity that you can come and bring your punch card to God and say, look, I got all 21 days. Give me this blessing. That's not how it works. It's not this type of a thing where you're going to come and redeem the time in order to get the blessing. Because the reality is, is that sometimes at the end of the fasting, it's not that there was this big, huge moment. It wasn't about the outcome that we expect. It's about the time that we have with the Lord. And so we're not trying to manipulate him in any way. And last thing, fasting is not a seasonal fad. This isn't the equivalent of the New Life Hallmark holiday. Well, yeah, that's coming around. And Mark Job came up with this thing a while ago. And now we have to do it every year. That's... That's not the idea of this. This is something that's, again, as a spiritual discipline and what it means to our church and who we are, we want to be a community that says God is everything. He is our focus. He defines who we are. He provides. He is what we're about. And so we take at the beginning of the year this time to remind ourselves of that, of who is most important, what our focus is, and what is a church we're trying to do. And so fasting isn't a diet, it's not a form of punishment, it's not a form of penance to impress or manipulate God, and it's not a seasonal fad. So what is fasting then? Adele Calhoun explains that a fast is the self-denial of normal necessities in order to intentionally attend to God in prayer. And so this idea of self-denial of what's normally necessary in order to focus on the reality of who God is. Don Whitney defines it as a believer's voluntarily, voluntarily abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. And that's the key reality within this, that we are voluntarily abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. That's one of the key ideas that can't be assumed or overlooked, is that this is rooted in our relationship with God. Whitney says the discipline must be rooted in a relationship with Christ and practice with the desire to be more like Christ. That's the key thing we have to remember. We're doing this because we want to be more like Jesus. We want to be with Jesus. It's not trying to gain something. It's trying to be with someone. That difference makes sense? And so how do, what does it look like to be with the Lord in this special way? And the reality is, is that we're always with the Lord, 
but we're taking this special time in this special way. I, I've been married to Jeanette for 24 years. We've been together all the time. We were just talking about this this weekend that on my next birthday and our anniversary, I'll be turning 50 and we'll be married for 25 years. Half of my life has been with her. So we've had really mundane moments and we've had special time to go and get away and be together. We're always connected, we're always married, but how we spend our time is different throughout the week, month, or year. We're always with God, we always have access to him, but this is one of those special times that we connect with him. And really the reality is this special time with him reminds us how the rest of time should be with him. Yeah, we might not, we'll be eating more in other times, but we need to be reminded of the connection, of the, who, the connection we have with the God that he is. We abstain from food in different ways or at different times to focus our lives on the Lord. We're doing it to connect with him, to hear from him, to be with him. Calhoun says, we bring, bringing attachments and cravings to the surface opens a place for prayer. This physical awareness of emptiness is the reminder to turn to Jesus, who alone can satisfy. It's during the fast when my stomach grumbles from a bit from being hungry that I, my, that grumble becomes a reminder to turn to God, to turn to him and pray. And that, that simple physical reminder that I am one with him and I need to turn to him because he is the one who provides. And so I'm bringing my life to him. Dallas Willard said, fasting confirms our utter, depend, utter dependence upon God by finding in him a source of sustenance beyond food. The removal of food creates the experience of being in need, which creates the opportunity to be reminded of who it is we depend on, not only for food, but for everything. Or as John Piper puts it, this is the essence of Christian fasting. We ache and we yearn and we fast to know more and more of all that God is for us in Jesus. And so this is all about yearning for him. The desire to be more like Christ is why we fast. It isn't only about abstaining from food, but about what we direct our hearts toward during fast. And so during seasons of fast, there's a greater emphasis on prayer, on scripture, on worship. During a normal mealtime, I read more scripture than I normally would. During a normal mealtime, I pray more to the Lord than I normally would. Some people add fasting from things like fasting from TV or social media or other things so that they can, and that's legitimate, but they add things of adding worship, adding reading books or programs which strengthen our faith. It's not just about what we're removing, but it's about what are we focusing on during those times. One thing that Donald Whitley mentioned in his book, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Faith, I think is of utmost importance. If you don't get anything else out of today, get this down. He talks about what is our spiritual purpose for our fast? That is the most, that question is almost more important. Why are you fasting? Then how are you fasting? Why, what is your spiritual purpose for the fast? He says this, having a biblical purpose for your fast may be, the single most important concept we can consider. Without a clear biblical purpose, fasting becomes an end in itself. Every hunger pang only makes you calculate the time remaining until you can eat. Such thinking disconnects the experience in your mind and heart from the gospel and descends into the deception that perhaps your suffering will earn God's favor. Nothing is more important, that he says, 
than having a clear biblical purpose. We have to know as if, if, if fasting is an act of I'm directing myself to the Lord, then I have to ask myself, why am I directing myself to the Lord? And so what are possible spiritual purposes for fasting? Why might we fast? Again, Donald Whitney in his book, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm taking these right from his book. I'm going to post the link for his book in Discord later, so if you're interested in that. But he just summarizes the Bible, biblical material so well. So I want to share the different things he says as far as why people can fast. The first one is to strengthen prayer. And I want you to think as I go through these, as you think about the fast coming up, it isn't just one of them. It might be, it's not all of them. There's no way. But like two or three that you're like, I need to fast for that reason. And maybe even as I go through these, you're going to feel your heart kind of get a nudge. Or you're going to feel this one sticks out to you. That might be the spirit prompting you. That's why we need to fast in January. And so think through that as I go through these quickly. First off, he says again, to strengthen prayer. Not that our prayers become more powerful because we can't overpower God, but how we are in prayer becomes stronger as we fast. Ezra 8 says, So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. Fasting adds a sense of pleading and urgency and earnestness to our prayer. So if you feel like your prayer life has been lacking, this would be maybe a great purpose as to why you would fast. I want to strengthen my prayer life with you, God. That's why I'm fasting. A second purpose, he says, is to see God's guidance. To see God's guidance. In Judges 20, we see the armies of Israel fasting for God's direction on what to do next. In Acts 14, it talks about how Paul and Barnabas prayed and fasted in appointing leaders in the church. These are examples of a decision needing to be made, of direction needing to be determined, and seeking the Lord for it. Proverbs 16 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And so the idea of praying, fasting to this purpose is, God, I need you to establish my steps in this thing. Maybe it's a work thing, maybe it's family, maybe it's school, whatever that might be, but you need guidance. God, I need you to show me the steps. Third, he talks about expressing grief. Judges 20 shows Israel not only fasting for direction, but also grief and over those who had died. Second Samuel shows David fasting as part of grief over fallen soldiers. So fasting may help someone to express the depths of their feeling to God. Another reason he gives is to seek deliverance or protection. In Ezra 8, it says, There by the Aha Canal, I proclaimed a fast. Why? So that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. We fasted so that we would have a safe journey. In Esther 4.16, she calls all of Israel to fast for her protection and what comes next. We, one may have a situation in life going on or coming up where you need to fast for protection from persecution or rejection or harm or some type of thing. And so fasting for deliverance or protection. He says to, we can fast to express repentance and a return to God. It says in 1 Samuel 7, When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord. Now again, we have to qualify this. Remember, fasting isn't 
self-flogging. We're not, we're not beating ourselves up. We're not condemning ourselves for our sin. And by doing that, we're not trying to earn God's favor by doing it. But there is a reality that we have sin, we do fail, and by fasting, I can pre present my heart to him. In the same way, fasting can help me express my grief over different things I'm experiencing in life. Fasting can also help me express my true repentance before, toward the Lord when I think about how I've gone through my life. So fasting can open the door for repentance, to express appropriate remorse for our struggles and seek God for them. Halfway through, the next one he says, to humble oneself before God. It says in Psalm 35, 13, but when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. And Luke 18, a Pharisee and a tax collector both are seen coming before the Lord. And the tax collector says about him, the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And so maybe your purpose in fasting is to be able to take time with God to acknowledge that he is God and we're not. Maybe it's an issue of rededication, of reprioritizing your life that God would be seen as first rather than the place we've typically have put him. Sometimes we can put God as part of our life and not the main thing in our life. And so to fast, to humble ourselves and say, God is the main thing. He's my focus. I am beneath him, not over him. We, ex we fast to express concern for the work of God. When Daniel was burdened for the Jews in exile, we, re we read him saying this, So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. And so maybe the purpose that you would fast and pray is for the migrants in our city for the war in Israel or the war in Ukraine, for situations where the hand of God is so desperately needed. And so fast thinking outward to the reality of what's happening in the world and that God would intervene. We can fast and minister to the needs of others. In Isaiah 58, it says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke, it is not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Yes, there are things only God can do, but there are also things he has called us to join him in. He wants us to be a part of things. And that maybe that's where you need to fast as you think through things is how can I come alongside the poor, come alongside the needy, come alongside the hurting. When we see injustices in our world, how can we be a part of making those right? And we need to be really careful as the church that we don't get distracted from hearing the language that I just used. Some would say, when you hear somebody say, there are injustices in the world that we need to be a part of fixing, some might go, ah, social justice, that's not a Christian thing. The reality is, is that God's the one who came up with justice. That's a Bible term, not a political term. And so when the Bible says that the poor not getting help, the poor being mistreated, all of these type of people being mistreated for the wealth of others, that that's injustice and the people of God need to step in and make that right. If you don't like that because of your politics, you need to take that up with the Lord because he directs us to have a heart for the needy in our world. 
And so maybe the reality is, is that as you fast and you refrain from food, what can you do with the resources you would normally put to food, into your food into helping somebody else during that time? The amount you would spend on this meal, big expensive meal on a Friday night, how many people can you feed with that on a Friday night? Maybe that's the reality of how you fast, is how to minister to the needs of others. Two more, to overcome, we fast to overcome temptation and to dedicate yourself to God. Matthew 4 says, When Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, we are not commanded to, t- to fast for 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus. That was a specific thing that he experienced. But we see in Jesus, his example, the reality of fasting before or because of spiritual challenges. And maybe your life has been ruled by a specific temptation, or maybe your walk with the Lord has been more casual than committed. The purpose of fasting can be to seek the Lord, his help to overcome those struggles and to recommit to him. And then last thing, we can fast to express our love and our worship to God. To express our love and worship to God. It says in Luke 2, Anna did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Fasting is not only about dire circumstances, struggles, or unknown next steps, even though based on the last nine things I said, you would think that that was the case. But what we see with this woman, Anna, we see this over 80 widow faithfully coming to the temple that fasting was part of the joy and worship that she, and adoration that she had for the Lord. That she did, she fasted because of how much she loved God. She fasted as an act of worship toward God to direct her heart toward him. And what I would challenge all of us with is whatever the reasons why you need to fast over these 21 days, let that be one of the reasons. That we would all add that purpose amongst what other, other purposes. And so you will more, like I said, you will more than likely choose one of these. Can you put the next one up, Veronica? One more, sorry. So these 10 purposes, to strengthen in prayer, to see God's guidance, to express grief, seek direction, deliverance or protection, express repentance and return to God, humble oneself before him, express concern for the work of God, minister to the needs of others, overcome temptation, rededicate, or to express love and worship. It has to be something. And I'm going to put this in Discord for everybody to see it as well, just for our picture takers. Why are you fasting? There is not a more important thing to figure out. As we think through the reality of why am I fasting, how do I fast, what is this going to be like? We thought it would be better for you to hear from stories on how people have experienced this. So I'm going to ask Ed and Hannah if they could come up. And we're going to close today. They're going to share a little bit about their fasting experience and give some uh, suggestions on how to go about doing this. Hey, everyone. If you haven't met us before, um, my name is Ed. I am part leadership, and my wife, Hannah, also part leadership. Uh, our kids are named Tugs today, so they say mom and dad. If you, uh, That's easier for you. Um, so idea for today's message, as Bobby mentioned, uh, actually came back in February this last year as we came off the FAST leadership team was debriefing from where, what could we have learned, what, what maybe um, what we do different. And one of the things that we talked about was 
this message here. We wanted to talk about it in December uh, at before people uh, went away and it came out as a surprise. And then we also wanted uh, to take a moment for um, to share stories from it too. And so Hannah and I have um, done the fast together for uh, over 10 years of um, our lives. And uh, we've done everything from Daniel to Liquids Only. Um, so we've have learned a lot and uh, I really did feel like the Lord was calling us to share some of the things that we've learned from that. Um, so when we thought about what we want to share, it came down to three things and we'll start off with the first one and that's the what. Um, you put the next slide, Veronica. Um, so when you're thinking about this, we just encourage you to plan. Plan for both your what and your why. And so I'll start with the what. What will be your food fast? What will it consist of? What foods are allowed? What foods are, are not? Um, from our experience, we would encourage you to simplify as much as possible. Um, the reason that you might find that it's, you might find it easier to fast if you simplify because you're just skipping a certain meal or these are the things that are allowable for these certain meals. Um, the reason that we've found that this is helpful is because uh, Simplifying, if you give yourself too many options, you will find yourself thinking more about food on a fast than you ever did. And I would just challenge you, that's uh, kind of tr truthfully missing the point. If, um, if you find yourself spending most of your time just thinking about food. Uh, I will be honest, you can go through Pinterest and probably find a meal that will meet a Daniel fast that you know uses ingredients you've never heard of and you're scouring Whole Foods' shelves to find and take you half a day to prepare. Um, but again, if you're going through all that effort, uh, I just challenge you, you're, you're missing the point. So as much as you possible, when you're thinking about the, the what you will be fasting, I just encourage you to, to, to simplify that. Um, and the other reason simplifying is helpful is that if you're only thinking about um, cutting out some foods, it's going to feel like a diet rather than a fast. And um, a fast should be challenging um, within that. And so I want you to... Um, Think of a thing, again, that's going to challenge you, that you can simplify, have quick and easy decisions. Uh, because the reality is it's, it's important to think through um, what it is. Because if, if you get to a point where you have to make a decision of I'm going to allow this or am I not going to, you're probably going to take the easy route. And that's going to end you feeling uh, guilty or shameful. And that's, again, missing the point of this. The, the point is to establish some parameters for yourself around the what that you feel like you can meet that are challenging and that you can make quick and easy decisions and spend more time in prayer and scripture during that time. Um, and so I just encourage you to, uh, to think through that what. Um, and then the other reason, too, is, is the why. And I'll have Hannah share for that. Uh, yeah, Bobby has talked about the why uh, mostly today, so I won't go over that anymore. But... Um, over the next couple of weeks, as you're maybe going through um, an Advent study or um, whatever that this season looks like for you, looking back on this past year, what does the Lord, um, what do you need from the Lord in this next season um, to decide like what you're praying for during the 21 days? Um, for some people, it might be obvious, like, Lord, I really need a job, or I have this relationship that's crumbling, and I don't know which way to go. Um, we've had those seasons where it was, we're expecting our first kid. This is like the thing that we're praying for. 
um, God to move in or a job or our house. Um, and we've also had other seasons where it was nothing major is happening, but, but how can we return to the basics of prayer and worship and focusing in on creating like more healthy habits to set the year, uh, the tone for the year. Um, And our hope for us and for each of you as you prepare to think through your why um, is that you'd be more excited about that part than thinking about the food that you're not going to eat or how can I eat those foods before I get there. Um, Again, always focusing more on the who and the why um, and less of the what, uh, which leads to anticipation. Yeah, so the second thing we wanted to talk about was anticipation. So um, have expectations for the time of fasting, but remain open to unexpected ways in which God may use the time. So as we said, we've, we've come into fast before with kind of clear whys. Um, we've come with ones that we thought were clear whys, and then God opened an unexpected door. Um, as I mentioned, that things like uh, uh, offer being accepted on a house that we are currently living in, you know, to... Uh, I applied to a job a year later, a year prior, and I got a random call in the middle of the fast that, you know, hey, where are you still interested in this? Um, and then, yeah, as we've said too, we've gone through some and not seen how God connected the dots uh, for months or years later or even at all at times. And I just want to say, like, but within that, encourage yourself to anticipate whatever it might be that you're coming in with that why for. Um, it has been our posture that uh, if a door opens in the fast, we go through it. Um, and I'd encourage you to uh, maybe walk into this fast with a similar mindset. If you know this is what the why is, if there's a door that opens, just expect that it might be God. If you're really faithfully you know, pursuing this with the fast, um, I, I'm excited for what, what doors God might open for you too. Um, and then our last thing we wanted to talk about was uh, partnering. I'll hand back to Hannah. Yeah, this is probably one of the most important things for me during the fast is finding um, a fasting partner. And it's really about accountability and encouragement, not someone to make sure you're doing it right. Um, So someone who will support you and encourage you, and you will do the same for them. Uh, It could be just a couple of people, three or four people. Um, And if you do break your fast, that's someone that you can confide in, and um, they can encourage you to keep going. Um, a lot of times for me, I had a group of women, just a group text, and we would check in every day. How you doing? How, what are you praying for today? What's hard today? Um, and a lot of times we'd share encouraging songs or scriptures. Um, maybe you could read the same book with somebody um, if you want to dive into a topic or you're walking through a similar season with someone. Um, that's always been one of the most helpful things for me. And sometimes it is Ed and I relying on each other as a couple, but a lot of times it's really helpful for us to have someone outside of our marriage to lean on. Um, Yeah. So that's my encouragement. Think about that now. Um, Think about someone that you're probably maybe already close to or someone that you're starting a new relationship with. Um, a new friendship with. I know I'm starting a lot of new friendships, so um, I'm excited to press in deeper with someone um, during the fast this year, Um, someone that you can encourage and just walk through life together. It's it's really um, a beautiful thing to walk through the fast with other people. All right, so what does all this mean? So we've got plan, anticipate, and partner. 
And mostly what this means is it starts now. Um, start praying about your what's and your why. Start anticipating how God might use this time. Start thinking about who you can partner with. Um, honestly, the biggest encouragement, like, sometime this week, pull out your phone. Look at your calendar. What's going on between January 7th and 28th? Figure out what things might be conflict, a conflict for you to keep your fast. Is it something that you can adjust? Um, you know, we desire for each of you all to participate because we know the impact it's had on our lives. Um, and we're sharing that in this setting. Um, and these are just a few things. But we're, we're open to having these conversations with anyone, too, who wants more information. Um, I know it can feel like a very scary concept um, amongst our spiritual disciplines because it's not something that often got, gets practiced uh, that regularly. And so uh, one thing we do want to do is we're planning to share a little bit of a, a Q&A document with um, you all and some of the things that We've learned, um, you know, from like, what do I do the week before, to what are the hardest days, to what do I tell people when they ask, to can I eat out? Um, so we, natural questions, especially if you haven't participated in something like this before, that we'd like to help answer for you too. Um, but we do have one resource uh, for you today, which I'll invite Bobby back up uh, to talk through that. Here for the Panax, I think then. So, so you were given a half sheet when you came in. If you didn't get one, we'll have them as you step out. And uh, John, can I steal yours from you? I didn't grab one myself. Um, the, on here, you'll see at the top, what is my spiritual purpose for fasting? So identifying which of those different things, and I already put it in Discord, so it's there if you're on Discord. Um, what, what are the specific things that you're fasting for? Identifying those. When and how will you fast? So are you going to do... If you're going to do, maybe you're going to uh, not eat lunch for the 21 days. Maybe you're only going to eat dinner. Uh, maybe you're going to do fruits and vegetables. Maybe you're going to do um, fruits and vegetables for dinner and juice for the other meals. Whatever that might be, but kind of getting an idea for what those are. The biggest and most important thing after the purpose is having a specific plan, and you're not just figuring it out as you go. Um, so you can figure, again, some help to kind of figure out what that is. Praying through who is my partner, who are the person, and if you don't know, that's fine. Again, we'll have we're going to have more information and more opportunities to make connections, share different resources. But again, it's thinking through this. So that's what this is for: is to help you be thinking about it now, rather than being surprised in January. And again, I, the close I want to say this is that when you think through this time of praying and fasting, again, the most important thing is that this is a special time with our God. There's no guarantee. You're fasting for a job for 21 days. It doesn't mean there's going to be a job offer on day 22. You, you, you fasting for this relationship to happen or this relationship to be mended or this. It doesn't mean that on day 22, it's just boing and then the angels are singing. We don't know, but we do know that God is with us and we know that his answers are best. And even if people outside of our lives choose to go a different way or reject him, he's going to walk through us with the repercussions of those things. He's going to walk with us through the difficulties of things. He's going to walk through us in every step in our life. And the fasting season reminds us of that. And so I, I challenge you, be thinking now, praying now, what is my 21 days within this community look like? And we're going to have different times we have different prayer meetings throughout the week. We have, whether they're here or on Zoom, different, different times where you can connect with different people. But all of that will be coming. The most important thing now is to be thinking, why am I fasting and what is that going to look like?
We're getting kind of late. We're going to end um, service. I'm going to go ahead and just call the audible and say, team, we're going to just close with uh, prayer. I'm going to just end right now. And um, what I want you to do is I want you to be thinking through and connecting with one another. And so we're going to do a little bit different and just allow space for that and stuff. So uh, let me pray for us and then we'll be done today. God, thank you so much um, for the fact that you want to hear us. We thank you, God, again, that you desire our hearts. God, we thank you for the fact that you already know the things that we